Welcome and thank you for joining us on our latest installment of Women at Ropes Talk, a podcast series brought to you by the Women's Forum at Ropes and Gray. In this podcast, we spotlight extraordinary women who have had successful careers and interesting lives and are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. We feature women attorneys at Ropes and Gray in conversation with prominent women clients, industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and others about their careers and what's led to their successes the challenges they've faced, and the hard-earned wisdom they've acquired. I'm Jen Romig, a healthcare partner at Ropes & Gray, and I'm based in Chicago. My practice focuses on digital health, privacy and security, and mergers and acquisitions in the healthcare space. I'm here today with my colleague, Christina Bergeron, who's also a healthcare partner. Christina, would you mind providing a brief overview of your practice for our listeners? Sure. Thanks, Jen. As Jen mentioned, my name is Christina Bergeron. I'm a healthcare partner in our Boston office. My practice focuses on private equity healthcare transactions and regulatory issues in the healthcare space. Excellent. Thanks. With that, we would like to introduce our special guest, Lisa Mango from One Medical. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Jen and Christina. I am thrilled to be here today. Um, I have Part of the reasons I'm still here and I'm still sane is because of these two amazing women that I'm <laughs> that are here with me today. Um, but yes, I'm Lisa Mango. I'm the chief legal officer and general counsel for One Medical. I watch over the legal team, the compliance team, and the government affairs team. And I've been with One Medical since 2016. Lisa, that sounds great, and we can't wait to dig in more to your role at One Medical. Before we get there, can you tell us how your career began? Um, we know you've had a fascinating career, and we'd love to hear more about it. Sure. I started, like a lot of us, at a firm. Um, I had no plan, really. I didn't know if I wanted to be a partner, a general counsel, public defender, I don't know, a, Batman, <laughs> a Batman player, I didn't, a Batman player, whatever. Um, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. But what really happened to me is that through my experiences, um, it helped hone kind of what I wanted to do. So I started out at a firm. I did mid-sized firm. I did litigation. I got great experience right away. Did depots. Was in trial. I gained great humility as well as some public speaking experience, but decided that wasn't my jam. So um, moved into some more employment counseling and technology transactions. Through that, I started to develop a real keen interest and love for talking with my clients, right, and, and getting to understand their businesses and being their daily partner. Um, so I eventually transitioned to in-house, and my first real in-house career move was um, during the dot-com years, um, working for one of the fast-growing internet consulting companies. Um, I say this this was a seminal moment because I really had no in-house experience to speak of. I had just had my first child, who was six weeks old, um, and a former colleague reached out to me and said, why don't you come be my second lawyer? It was her first general counsel job, and I thought she was crazy. I didn't know (laughs) really a lot what I was doing, but she told me that I was smart, hardworking. She'd worked with me, and she wanted to go on this journey together. And that was awesome. I joined and I immediately had to negotiate complex licensing um, and consulting agreements. I had to look at uh, public disclosure stuff. I had to handle IP litigation, international expansion. 
So, and hire a team of, I think we hired eight, eight more lawyers, um, all in a short period of time. Um, like many a dot-com company, it went really, grew really fast, and then it ungrew really fast. <laughs> so, um, and I moved with some folks over to be the only, uh, their GC for a small startup, which I enjoyed as well. Again, a broad array of legal work. But when that started winding down, um, decided to sort of make a little bit of a change and go to a larger legal department where I could get not just broad but deeper experience in different areas. And so that was at Autodesk. Mm -hmm. It's still one of the largest design software companies. It's an amazing company, and I had such a great experience there. (laughs) And even though I was only there for, well, I was there for almost 12 years, I probably had five or six different jobs. Yeah, so interesting. I know. I worked for different product divisions. I um, I worked for the supported the finance team, the employment team. Started the compliance group for them, privacy, even dabbled in some legal ops. Yeah. So I did a lot in those twelve years. It was great. (laughs) This is a lot of categories, large areas of the law. (laughs) How have you tackled that? When I was starting. You know, in a new practice area, two things. One, find good outside counsel. But two, sometimes even more importantly, find a peer benchmarking group because they are invaluable. Um, You know, when I started the privacy group at Autodesk, I found a number of other attorneys, in-house attorneys at peers, like Adobe, et cetera. Sure, And they immediately helped me with templates and how to respond Mm -hmm. and my favorite which is when your business client tells you they're doing an x company why can't we do it (laughs) it it's so (laughs) fun to pick up the phone and call the privacy attorney at x company who's like no we're not doing that (laughs) so anyway i've always recommend highly recommended that to join benchmarking groups it's it's everybody even if you're competitors and of course the appropriate way people bond and um and understand we're all going through similar experiences. And and then you made a pretty big pivot over to digital health. I did. <laughs> I did. Yes, primary care and digital health. Yeah, yes. Primary um, care and digital health. With, with no healthcare regulatory um, background <laughs> at all. Just adding something else to your Exactly. <laughs> um, but the re- real reason that I made that was because the woman who had recruited me to the original um, internet consulting company back in 1999 um, reached out to me again 15 years later and said, look, I'm starting legal team here and I want you to join me. She knew that I had dabbled in several different areas. She knew, knew that I loved building things and had, you know, because even when I joined Autodesk, it still grew a lot. The legal department like tripled in size while I was there and you had, and the, and the company did. So you're building processes to support the different groups. So she asked me to join and I said, okay. Um, and it it went, took off from there. It's just very interesting how the common thread between some of the different jobs was this relationship you had with this woman you had worked with at the very beginning of your career. And you continued to have that trust and she had that confidence in you um, even that many more years later. It was critical. And that's one of the things I have attempted to share with my fellow colleagues as well as um, folks on my team, you know, is Mm -hmm. honestly, like, you, 
don't ever think you can't do anything. Um, particularly at One Medical, I feel like I learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are some days I'd like to come into the office <laughs> and just know everything that I'm asked. Yeah. It's rare. Um, but just know that you can take chances. I always, I do tell my team I'd rather they try and make a mistake than just yeah. not, not try at all. So, um, That's good advice. Beth had this belief in me. I knew that she was interested in more strategic role and that eventually she wanted me to take over as general counsel, which I did. Um, which was terrifying because I didn't have the healthcare regulatory background mm-hmm. um, that was necessary. And frankly, our first couple of hires at One Medical were not healthcare lawyers. Right. And um, I know that sounds odd. I think the um, founder, Tom Lee at the time, as well as Beth, um, had the view that some of the healthcare lawyers they had worked with weren't as used to the pace, the innovation. You have to right? be creative. You have to be creative. Flexible. Thoughtful. Right. Because, Practical. frankly, what you were thinking about doing didn't really violate what the intent of the law, yeah. right, was um, meant to meant to capture. But um, pretty soon, <laughs> after hiring a couple more technology-focused yeah. attorneys, we brought in healthcare attorneys, and it's been a fun mix because... It's nice to have people that were trained with the depth of knowledge that a number of my team members have. And then it's also nice to have folks who have been on the technology side can bring in some of that, you know, because One Medical is a health tech company. Mm-hmm. It's a healthcare company, but it is empowered and enabled by technology. And so you find more of that in the technology world, yeah. or at least you did back then. Yeah, I, I think we've all found that oftentimes the regulations don't necessarily keep up with the technology, and that can be really difficult in an area like healthcare, um, you know, where the technology is often trying to drive toward a greater good, but the regulations are taking a while to catch up. Correct. And it can be frustrating. It can be very frustrating. It can be very, very frustrating. Christina and I hear all the time from your team about what an exceptional manager you are. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Mm -hmm. Christina went out to lunch with someone and she said, you know, why are you still at One Medical? And the person basically said, Lisa, I'm still here because of Lisa. Um, And I'm sure there are more things. I have no doubt that this person loves One Medical overall. But I think it says a lot about you and your strengths and managing a team and what you've learned And then what you apply to your team in terms of the confidence you give them or expectations. So do you have a philosophy in how you build and run a legal department? It sounds like you've now done this at a few places, which is kind of a unique skill. Um, Tell us about your secret sauce. Jen and I want to know. I want to know the secret. Well, thank you for that. I've been so lucky. I have an amazing legal team. And, and I do hear that not just from um, my internal clients, but other folks who interact with them, including law firms. I think, I think for me, like the number one thing consistent, I guess, with what I've been saying is I need people who like are teammates first and are like nimble and respectful and really care about the DNA. And I know that sounds like corporate speak, but... Um, it has fostered an environment where people have been willing to jump in, particularly when our team was very small, and do things that they really didn't know what 
know a lot about, knowing that they had the support of the team, including me. Yeah, for the sake of the team. For the sake of the Mm -hmm. team. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm pretty transparent. (laughs) You don't say. I don't. (laughs) I think that's one of our favorite things about you as well. (laughs) So I'll be the first to say, I don't know, but let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, I I would tell them stories about my like my third day at One Medical. Fortunately, I was sharing an office with another One Medical attorney when somebody from the marketing team had this idea about people love One Medical so much they want to refer their friends. Mm-hmm. So they're like, let's pay them a referral bonus, right? Let's give them a prize for referring a friend. And I'm like, I came from a technology company. We did that all the time. I'm like, that's great. And then, you know. The woman next to me was like, actually, we can't do that here. <laughs> I was like, oh, hold on one moment, please. So I, t- I told them the story. <laughs> I had to, you know, eat crow there. You made like, me nervous for a minute. I, I didn't know. know where we were going. I know. <laughs> Christina's we like, we're going to be real quick. So yeah, no, like, no, we're editing this out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it. Um, but, you know, it was just more of an example of, you know, we're all learning. We're doing the best that we can. I do empower them. I um, have tried to share my experiences with them. I do. I want them to work directly with the senior leaders at the company. Um, and I think they care more about the business the more they know about it. I think to be a really effective in-house counsel, you know, even if you're a specialist, you know, you really need to understand the business. And our business is complicated. Healthcare is complicated. And when medical has made healthcare even more complicated with the different business models. So, you know, I think it's a focus of really being together as a team. That's the most important thing. There's lots of smart lawyers out out there. There's not always a lot of smart lawyers who are willing to put team first and be flexible and take risks and support their colleagues. It's amazing seeing some of these folks on my team grow. It's like family. We also notice um, that the teams at One Medical are are very diverse teams, um, and so speak to us a little bit about that sort of, you know, One Medical's focus on diversity and how you feel like it helps the team. It's one of the things I've loved about working there since the day I showed up. Um, we were in the city, and I looked around and I thought, "Wow, I really feel like I am in a diverse place," and have learned so much from the experiences that my diverse teammates have had. Um, it's it's really evident on you know in our provider and our staff who work out in the fields, and we've made a huge connection to make sure that we have all different kinds of people because you, we need we serve a diverse group of patients, and you need to be able to relate to and understand some of their specific needs. And, and then that just becomes part of, of the company and the DNA and you learn from them. And so I have several women on my team who are Asian, so a couple African-American who have provided a lot of perspectives, fascinating perspectives. We spent a lot of time talking about our family and how we grew up sure. and, um, and it's been interesting. Um, one woman who we hired recently was talking to me she's african-american and she said you know i i know one medical is all about engaging in a non-formal way with their patients so you know they don't call you dr jen they could call you jen 
and they'll call me Lisa. And she was like, you know, I came from the South and grew up as an African-American woman in the South, and we want to be called Mrs. Mango, right? That's just, it's a, it's a respect thing. And so it was interesting. And so we have, we're, you know, a, a, our patient interaction methodology, which we call CI care, which is how we interact, not just with our patients, but with everyone, but it's focused on our patients. And it's all about making sure that, you know, you connect, it's, it's an acronym for connect, introduce, communicate, ask questions, respond, mm -hmm. and then exit. And it's, and it's a whole philosophy that um, we train everyone on because we want the patient experience to be like you are going to a longtime friend's house as opposed to a scary yeah, medical office. you want people office. to be comfortable. Right? And so some of the things that we've done, the doctor, you know, the providers don't wear white coats. We use first names. But you learn, right, when you have a diverse set of employees with a diverse set of experiences, how maybe you need to make adjustments. You had a mentor who it sounds like encouraged you, right, twice to sort of step maybe out of your comfort zone and into something new, including when you had a very young baby. Um, I know you have team members with young children as well. We've certainly talked to them. And Christina and I both have relatively young kids. Um, you know, something I think we hear a lot about from our clients, from our female associates, right, is the struggle as sort of a woman in the workforce, a mother in the workforce, you know, this feeling of sometimes I think everything collapsing <laughs> the around mental load. you, right? The mental load. Um, and often Christina and I will find ourselves talking to people about, right, do you step into this role? Do you step back? Something that's interesting that you've said, right, is you really stepped into a new role when you had a newborn. How do you talk to other women on your team or who you meet with or, you know, how do you encourage them? What sort of words of wisdom, I guess, would I say to you, give them, um, you know, about their own careers? I So it's a great question. Um, I think you take folks as they are and people have lots of options and that's sort of one of the things I really want to tell people, you can feel like you have this new, really important job, right, of being a mother, and particularly in the beginning, well, actually, most of the time you feel clueless, right? <laughs> but, you know, and then why would you still take on something big? But you right. can do it if you want to and if you have the right manager, right? Who's who? And this is this woman, her name is Beth Francelli, was like, I don't care if you have to miss because your baby is sick or because, you know, you need to go to an appointment or, you know, you need to be home because she let nanny. you be a mom and have the job. She's like, you're going to get the work done. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah, worried about that. You. Right. So, so that's sort of kind of where I've tried to like say to folks, I'm confident that, you know, you can get the work done. And so you can do it how you want to do it. Yeah. It may be earlier in the morning and later at night, so you have time during the day. It may be, you know, you may decide that you do you want to take a step back. And guess what? That's okay too, because you can come roaring back, right? You are talented and you can come roaring back. People have all different kinds of um, 
aspirations, but it's also support groups too, right? Some people don't have family nearby. Some people have a hard time finding childcare. It's true. I had yeah. so much sympathy. I can't even say empathy because my kids were older by the time COVID came around. But when folks were, you know, mm-hmm. with their young kids running around, you know, attempting to go to school or not go to school and not having care and trying to do a very complicated job um, because we were very busy during the pandemic, right? right? right. Trying to stay in business right. and be as creative as possible, right? Right to make sure our, keep our patients safe without um, going out of business ourselves. Um, I, I couldn't believe how folks did that, and so you know, my philosophy was: take the days off. You can work on the weekends, or you know, whatever. My only caution to to you know parents in that situation, particularly women, is. You do need to get yourself help when you can, yeah. right? Even even if you're working from home with a flexible arrangement, like, you know, it's just not relaxing to be doing that, like, particularly when you have young kids. So get the help that you need. But, you know, I, I, I think people have different options. You can lean in. I leaned in. I don't remember exactly why, because this woman, <laughs> this woman had faith in me, but, and it was great, but, you know, I've had friends who sort of took a few steps back, but now they've leaned back in and they're, and they're killing it. So there's lots of different options. I, and it's not just for women, it's for men too, mm-hmm. right? And I want to yeah, really support, you know, all the different options. And it really comes down to your performance in, in, you know, what you can do, what you're capable of. And it's not the FaceTime. It's not the number of hours. It's, it's you know, developing that level of trust and respect. And, you know, and therefore, you know, I want to support women and other parents when they have young kids. Well, it sounds like you've done a great job doing so. <laughs> it sounds like you've also had a great role model. Yeah. Um, in your mentor who seems I like, did. you know, she had some foresight as it related to that. Yes. That's she great. actually had kids after me and she looked at me and Is said, that right? I can't believe you did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. I know, but she, um, she's amazing and, and she, she was able to do it all too. But, you know, That's again, awesome. it was all, all about who you were, the kind of work you did and, you know, your dedication to your job and the trust. It's trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that's great. I feel like we hear, you know, a lot of women in a moment of panic or weakness or will be like, right, like, I can't do this and things like that. And it is, I think, so important to have people around you who will uplift you and say, it's okay if you don't want to, but you also don't have to make that decision today. Like, you can go home and try to get six hours of sleep. Correct. And then right. maybe let's talk tomorrow and see how you're doing <laughs> because this isn't going to make or break it this right. moment. Um, so to pivot yep. to today... Um, I know in your past six or so years at One Medical, it's been really quiet, not a lot going on, <laughs> sort of ordinary course. <laughs> um, Jen, do you want to highlight some of the some of the big things? I mean, Lisa, a few right, a few really big things. IPO January 2020, right? Then of course the pandemic, then the Iora acquisition, huge deal. One Medical's acquisition of Iora Health. billion in September 2021. Um, And now July 2022, you know, Amazon agreeing to acquire One Medical for nearly $4 billion. And it's a lot of milestones in six years. And so would love to hear from your perspective 
um, you know, what's been particularly interesting, challenging, you know, along the way as you've sort of taken that journey? A lot of it was new territory for myself and my management team. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so much fun. Um, The IPO was a ton of work Mm -hmm. and felt like just a big milestone and then six weeks later, we were in the pandemic. And right. so you're, you have a company, right. a newly public company, whose primary source of revenue was generated from people coming into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't happening. And we were doing our first ever earnings call. And we were, um, and we didn't know what we were going to say about guidance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this will blow over. <laughs> I know, I know. I remember our, the, our, our head of IR was like, no, no, we're supposed to record what you say in advance. But we were like basically writing it 10 minutes before we went on. Um, the reason we've been able to, to be successful is we have an incredible leader um, who, his name is Amir Dan Rubin, and he, um, no task or no challenge is something that cannot be overcome. Um my team is truly flexible, has a sense of humor, and rolled with it. Um, so we did. We went straight from the IPO to basically crisis meetings every morning at 8 a.m. Like, right. what are we going to do? Yeah. You right. know, are we going to be able to stand up testing? Are we going to be right. able to convert to remote telehealth visits? Can we bill for that? You yeah. know, what te- can we get tests? It was it was truly like being in crisis mode for a long time. Yeah. Um, and and trying to keep up with with all the rules, yeah, right. Yeah. So there were a number of flexibilities, you know, that that um, from a legal perspective, that happened under the co- under COVID. Um, yeah, the COVID waivers, exactly, waivers. Yeah. which yeah. were great, mm-hmm. um, but we never knew how long that was going to last, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, and you know how much we could rely upon that, mm-hmm. and so flexing all parts of the business to come up with, you know, roll out a, a brand new remote virtual visit model that you could bill, figure out how to distinguish it from our, you know, on-demand virtual services, figuring out could we serve people in 50 states? Yep. Right? Um, yeah, that was a big one. And, you know, and we do now. Mm-hmm. We were also growing, right? So we right. started with like right. eight markets, maybe 300,000 patients. And by the time of the pandemic, we were in... 20 markets, I think. Wow. Um, 500,000 patients. And now yeah. we're almost in, we're in 28 or maybe 29 with 800,000 patients. In the midst of the pandemic, we started looking at opportunities and we bought a company, another primary care company that was so culturally aligned with us and was a great fit, but had a had the opposite business model as one medical. So... As you guys know, because you're very familiar with them, this is Iora Health, who served mainly seniors and folks in Medicare. And they, um, for the most part, their business is based a value-based model that where they take risk for their patients. One medical's, you know, legacy model, for for lack of a better word, was fee for service. Right. Right. Along with right. the um, the membership fee, so it was. Um, so everyone was excited and everyone got along, but then we had to figure out really how are we going to merge these models to serve folks. And it's exciting because, you know, we now can serve our members from when they were born. They until, can make a big impact. 
Right, until they until they age into Medicare. Um, but it has been a huge challenge trying to reconcile, you know, the different business yeah. models. And frankly, we had a smaller Medicare population, and so making sure we had, particularly from the legal compliance, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. side of things, that all nailed down, um, and getting folks together to do that, and that we were still in the midst of that when. You know, the economy took an interesting turn. Mm-hmm. Stock market wasn't doing well. Cost of capital became very expensive. One medical is all about growth, too. Um, and yeah. it's expensive. You know, yeah. we, we build clinics. We, we, you know, we build all of our own technology. So sort of surprisingly, but given the economic conditions, folks started um, knocking on our door, showing interest in buying us. It really was a small group of us. Amir, our CEO, Bjorn Thaler, our CFO, and myself, who were handling most of that, you know, we eventually got into deeper discussions with Amazon and realized how exciting the combination could be. Mm-hmm. I think what we realized are a couple of things, which we know healthcare is hard and complicated. For us to make a real impact, we can do it more quickly um, with the support and backing of a company like Amazon, and so which will allow us to grow, stabilize the business during these uncertain times. You know, they have a very much a customer focus, just like One Medical. Yeah. They appreciate innovation. Yeah. So there's a lot of exciting things that can happen. I would say one of my biggest challenges right now is, um, one, managing through this state of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be my role. Um, I would say, you know, my team is a corporate function, so they're a little nervous about that. Lawyers are also control freaks, so they, they want to know, <laughs> right? They want the plan. Yeah. They want yeah. the plan. Yeah. What's the plan? the plan? Yeah. Um, but I, I am confident that Amir is going to stay and lead. He wants to keep the band together, the gang together, whatever mm-hmm. the expression is. Um, he wants the, you know, the legal team and the compliance team and the government affairs team and the HR team and everyone to stay together and operate um, under his leadership. I actually think it could be one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting place to practice healthcare law. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today for this podcast. I feel like we covered a lot of amazing topics. Um, I know we're going to have a lot of listeners to this, so we can't thank you enough. You're welcome. I really appreciate the honor of being asked to talk to you guys. And again, I will repeat, these guys are the best. If you need healthcare regulatory counsel, (laughs) they have saved me many times. And they're also fun to hang out with. So thank you. Christina and Lisa, thank you both so much. And as always, thanks to our listeners. For more information about Ropes and Gray Women's Forum and our women attorneys, please visit www.ropesgray.com forward slash women. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.